Welcome to Take It From The Iron Woman. My name is Susanne Müller, your host and the Iron Woman. This podcast is about empowering yourself and others to make real changes in the world. You will hear from everyday, smart, sophisticated, hip people like you and me. Not everybody has to be an Iron Woman to impress the world. Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now. Take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. Take it from the Iron Woman. We only have special guests. Today we go to Richmond, Virginia with Alex Michael. Introduce yourself. Who is Alex? Seems like you have an interesting background, many stories to tell. What is the most important story? Thanks for having me, Suzanne. The most important story is not too long ago, my life really sucked. And that was a product of not really having much agency. Now, a couple of years later, it doesn't suck. I actually really, really enjoy waking up in the morning and I look forward to it, which is quite a shift. I think there's a number of sort of macro and micro reasons for that. I guess that's kind of my story. I'm an entrepreneur now. I'm training to become a volunteer firefighter. I write a bunch of existential ramblings on the internet and I really enjoy all those things. That's who I am. Cool. Let's unpack that a little bit. In the bio, it says, which is funny, Alex <laughs> Michael is a formerly miserable corporate guy turned entrepreneur and writer. After finding an escape out of corporate life by acquiring a wallet business in 2022, he recently co-founded a lacrosse company and a pressure washing business, neither of which have made any money yet. <laughs> when you introduce yourself, I was thinking, where were the turning points? I hear a lot of people, even though we hear a lot of people who are losing their jobs, I also know that a lot of people are hating their jobs. What was your turning point when you said enough? What what happened? Sometimes you have a pivotal moment. What happened to you? I wrote about something recently where it seems like a lot of changes in our lives happen gradually and then all at once, which is something I stole. I did not come up with that, but <laughs> it's wonderful phrasing because these things sort of pile up below the level of our conscious awareness. All of a sudden, one day it becomes very clear and it, be, and it sort of crosses that threshold into your awareness and you're like, oh my gosh, everything is terrible. But obviously that didn't just happen overnight. For me, it was the accumulation of years of just working on things that I didn't find interesting for other people. But that's a lot of the paradigm of modern work. We become very specialized and we work on things that are so far removed from what it is that the work that we're actually doing. That's just, it's very, I think it's a very unnatural paradigm, but that's, I think that just all kind of came to a head for me. It happened gradually and then all at once. Give us some examples. I know I, I was miserable in my job too. And I was like, oh, what else can I do? What else can I do? How did you find something that you like? On the other end of that paradigm. The interesting thing is I always, my dad was an entrepreneur and, and I always knew that entrepreneurship was a foregone conclusion. And I said that, I just didn't know how it was going to materialize. There's that interesting balance between not forcing something and waiting for the right time for something to happen. But also you can do that to the point where it never happens as well. A lot of time can pass and it becomes sort of dangerous. I think it got to the point where it was a fortunate set of circumstances. I was miserable enough. I had reached enough of misery to throw caution to the wind at that point. COVID happened. I had collected enough money to where I could kind of afford to make a bit of a leap. It was just opportunistic. A lot of good things happened and maybe it happened the way it was supposed to. I'm not really sure. And your father was an entrepreneur. So maybe that 
you have that in your DNA. Another point there too is, have you heard the term shadow, shadow work or shadow careers? I guess for anybody listening, the idea of shadow work is what your true calling is, what you really want to do, but maybe you're too scared to do that or for some reason you don't pursue that. And so you pursue some sort of diluted approximation of that. I've thought a lot about this because I'm curious to what extent some parts of entrepreneurship are that for me. Entrepreneurship at its core, a lot of it is just having agency over your work, which I think is what we all want. A lot of us pursue entrepreneurship, not out of a desire necessarily for entrepreneurship, those that do at least, but for out of a desire for agency and out of a desire for control over your day and your work and your time and your income. I'm curious to what extent that maybe played a part for me, but it is in my DNA in some capacity to answer your question. I know a lot of people say, oh, I want to be my own boss. They become an entrepreneur and then they realize, oh my God, I have many more bosses. It's harder. I said to a colleague of mine, being an entrepreneur is much harder than going to an office. He said, no, 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 no. Okay. And a few months later, he sent me a message. I think you're right. That's funny. He was a colleague of mine. We were in a similar situation. And he always said, I want to quit my job. I want to quit my job. And I don't quit your job yet unless you have an idea. We see that picture of success and goes all uphill. The other picture where it goes sideways and backwards, that's a much more realistic picture of what an entrepreneur and success can look like. Absolutely. Well, and that's why I asked the question. I was curious whether he worked for somebody or if he was already an entrepreneur. Totally agree with you. It's like anything. The realities don't show themselves until you're in the midst of it. How does a typical day look for you as an entrepreneur? It's all over the place. I really, I'm allergic to structure for better or for worse. I can't stand it. That's why I just don't working for other people. I don't schedule or plan things today. So for instance, today we had our call scheduled. I spent some time just kind of looking into more of your bio and thinking about what our conversation might be, listening to your podcast. Obviously, wouldn't do that on a normal day. I had another meeting this morning. I prepped for that meeting, but just totally depends on the day. One day, I might be working on one of the companies and I'll spend three hours working on the wallet business and whatever needs to be done there. Uh, One day, there's some strategic planning that needs to be done for another company that has its ups and downs. But I guess the the short answer is every day looks very, very different. Why you're an entrepreneur? Because every day looks different. For sure. Ultimately, there's a balance between there are things that need to be done to drive any project forward, Mm -hmm. obviously, Mm -hmm. come to reactive nothing happens. But I'm trying to balance that with not losing sight of the fact that the whole point of this is being able to work on what I want to work on when I want to work on it, which sounds self selfish and self serving and maybe a bit childish. But the point is, I don't want to wake up any particular day and feel completely beholden to a task or a person or a thing. Now my devil's advocate question is, do you have a structure, even though you say you are allergic to structure? Or do you how are you disciplined enough to get up in the morning and do what you like to do? That We still have to get up in the morning. How do you motivate yourself? Good question. First things first, that dog you heard barking a second ago, he goes out first. That's number one. Mm. I got an old man dog. And so he's number one. That helps me kind of get outside and just just not stare at a screen for the first 20 minutes of my day. I'll get out and I'll take him out. I think to your point, the anchor point is always like the really big picture stuff. Usually when I'm taking him out, I'll think about at the very highest level for each of these companies, what is the biggest thing that needs to happen right now? Not what is the task that needs to be done, but where is the business right now? Where does it need to go? And then the stuff underneath that kind of falls into place for the day. Even though I don't have structure, there's always the constant dialogue in the back of my head of what needs to happen for this particular project to move forward. That's the structure that exists. Is that's always the through line of there are things that need to happen for this business. How do I execute on those things in the next two, three hours, two, three days, two, three weeks? 
There is a structure. <laughs> As a marathon yeah. runner, there you have to structure the distance, how to train. It's fascinating to listen to you. That's good. And what wisdom do you have for people who want to become an entrepreneur, the do's and the don'ts? That's a good question. You shared some of the wisdom earlier, which is there's a perception of you just, you take over your life as an entrepreneur and the trend line goes up. Like that's very much not how it works. I think the biggest thing to take into account is I'm not risk averse at all. And I don't really get too scared about stuff like this. Even so, I still have moments where I'm, holy crap, this all falls on me. My business could fall apart tomorrow. I can't pay for my dog food. I don't have any kids, but I can't pay for my dog food. I think that, and you're not, I'm sure you experience this too. It's, it all ends with you. You have customers, you have partners, you have whatever, that's fine. But at the end of the day, there's nobody you can go to and say, oh, I need more money, raise my paycheck, my insurance, whatever. That's something I would caution people to really ask themselves, are you okay with that? My yeah. question is always, how much money do you need to make? Your priority is the dog food, right? <laughs> it's a simple one, but obviously people have kids, they've got spouses, they've got, it's a great question. It's, am I okay with the worst case scenario income, best case, all these different things? That's a good question. In a way, we want to get away from when we don't have a corporate job anymore. But on the other hand, we need to pay the bills as well. How do you find the first customer? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know if I'm the best person to ask that question. You might be a better person to answer that question because as it stands today, the only customers that I have are customers I acquired. I bought my wallet business. And so there was cash flow already built into that. There were customers already built into that. So I didn't really have to do anything there. I just have to grow it. That's the easy part. But you have so, to take a step. So you had to acquire the wallet, right? Had to make the acquisition there. That's a whole world in and of itself. But I actually think at the risk of going on a tangent, for anybody considering entrepreneurship, if you have the capital and can kind of go down this path, it's a very interesting way to get an entrepreneurship mm -hmm. through acquisition. Is that something you've ever done or explored? Or No, but I, I agree with you. You acquire something and you go down that path. I don't want to say it's an easier way. Maybe it's a little risk, less risky. Yes. But there's different avenues. I think every avenue you go down is a risk and you have to be, if, if not a risk taker, then don't become an entrepreneur. Maybe team up with somebody. Are you teaming up with somebody or are you a solo entrepreneur? For the acquisition, I did it by myself. But for the other two companies, I have partners. It just depends. But you said it really well. Acquisition de-risks a lot of it. It's still risky, obviously. It's you go into business. But you're absolutely right. It, it, in many ways, it can be easier. 100%. Yeah, but yeah. it's never easy. You need to invest in the right thing. What's the right thing these days? TikTok, obviously. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. I've spent a lot of money trying to figure out what the right thing to invest is, for sure. That's a lot of it. But that's the fun part. You said it's not easy. That's the fun part. You can go. I think that's why so many, to go all the way back to the beginning of our conversation, that's why so many people are disenfranchised with their jobs, because most jobs are easy. They really aren't incredibly difficult. The challenge with a lot of modern work is just getting yourself to do it. Even a lot of knowledge worker jobs, once you learn a core set of skills, people are smart. They can figure it out. Ultimately, people become disenfranchised because they just aren't really challenged in any way other than emotionally or psychologically. They're not really intellectually challenged. Some people are frustrated. Then how can they change their thinking? I also say you can be an entrepreneur in an organization. So then you're an intrapreneur. So maybe people need to shift their thinking a little bit, reframe. I have an important job to do here. Without me, the organization could not work or work a little less well. You have to motivate yourself. And as an entrepreneur, 
you have to motivate yourself every single day. That was my point of probably going into a corporate job is easier, even though you might hate it. But the motivation is you go there every single day or you work from home. But as an entrepreneur, how do you find that motivation for yourself? So that's why I think it's even harder to be an entrepreneur. That's a really interesting point. The point you brought up about being an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur within an organization, that's obviously easier in some organizations than it is in others. And the work you do, you've seen that more than anybody looking at Mm -hmm. different large organizations. You start to see bureaucracy and becoming creative within that. The confines is difficult, but it's a really good call out that you made. For me, it always comes back to, I don't know if this is accurate, but I keep coming back to the idea of agency because we crave control. We really Mm -hmm. crave control. If you look at the, the training for Navy SEALs, for instance, a lot of that focuses on getting a sense of control in a situation where you don't have much of it because that gives you the mental conditions in which to act appropriately or in an informed way. The same thing happens when we don't feel we have control over our jobs or our lives. We lash out. We act irrationally. That's what you see with a lot of, it sounds dramatic, but you see that in the corporate world is, well, I don't have any control over my job or I have to do this because management says it. I have no control. Therefore, you lash out or you do things in your life in other ways that just don't serve you. How can we help everybody who has no job at the moment? To who become who an doesn't have a job? There's now so many unemployed people in the tech industry and now the banking. What's next? I don't know. You're probably more qualified to answer that than I am. Uh, (laughs) I think the cool thing is that it seems that the world of work now requires less in the way of hard skills and more in the way of soft skills. The great thing about that, in my career, I've done five different things and I don't really know much about any of those things, or at least I didn't going into them. I was in oil and gas energy trading consulting. I was in the ticket business. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff. (laughs) Learning agility and the ability to just kind of have EQ and have emotional intelligence and have adaptability. Those things can get you most jobs. At least I say most jobs, not an engineering job. The reason I bring all that up is because people can parlay their experience into more different jobs than they probably think they can. Very valid point. As a coach, I see it all the time, even as an engineer, You need to communicate. You need to learn how to communicate differently than when you think an engineer. You have to lead a team. There, the emotional intelligence comes in. Exactly. What do you do when you don't work? I'm in love with writing. Once I enjoy entrepreneurship a lot, but at some point, I just want to write. That's all I want to do. It's I really enjoy it. That's number one. I'm a huge lacrosse guy, so I can't play anymore, unfortunately. I've had a whole bunch of concussions, but I watch the game all the time. I was watching it this morning before I talked to you. Uh, I love to just kind of get outside and and be in nature. And I have a lot of stuff taking up my time right now. I'm studying to be an EMT. So that's outside of work technically, but. (laughs) How did you get fascinated with that? EMT is is a huge role, an important role. I was trying to think of something that was out of my comfort zone and that could Mm -hmm. serve the community in a more immediate way. And I was at the gym working out one day and there was this big mural of a firefighter and i was oh shit that looks cool i should go be a volunteer firefighter i kind of just made that decision and uh, in order to do that you've got to get your emt certification i just signed up for a class but that's also the entrepreneurship so you do something and you i'm bored i need to do something else you go to the gym you see the firefighter oh, maybe this it's the entrepreneurs get bored first you're in a corporate job you get bored and frustrated then you go into the entrepreneur role and you I get bored because this project is ending. Is that our illness that we have as entrepreneurs? I feel the same. I'm done with this. I can move on. What is it? I had a feeling you might be the same when I was looking at your bio. I was, she works on a lot of different stuff. 
and also runs tons of miles. We're probably pretty similar. You can call it an illness. I'm okay with that illness. But yes, definitely. Or craziness well, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. But one thing I've learned in the past year or so is to shorten the time between if an idea really strikes me, like act on it. Now that can tip into impulsivity and it can tip into overextending yourself. I certainly do that. But that's a trade-off I'm willing to make because there have been so many things where I've been, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to pursue it, end up paying off in one way or another. I really love to live that way. And again, that all comes back to agency. If I didn't have agency over my life when I was working in the corporate world, can't do that. You're just, oh, that sounds cool. Maybe in another life. What's next? The EMT, the firefighter? Yep. Volunteer firefighting. The goal is to have at least, I want to grow the wallet business and sell it. That's not, that's something that's going to be just kind of a three or five year project. Same with the pressure, the pressure washing business. I'm more of a, almost like a co-founder for hire. I'm sort of helping them get off the ground and then I'll take more of an advisory role. In the next six months, I really want to focus on both the lacrosse business. That'll be the big one writing and then the firefighting i want to just kind of have that be the three main things this we'll see. is really exciting thank you for sharing all your wisdom we wish you good luck not too many fires let's hope thank you thanks for thanks for letting me ramble and it's awesome talking to you what a cool conversation do you want to be an entrepreneur you can also be an intrapreneur think about it what is your dream don't stop dreaming take it from the iron woman we have episodes every monday Chime in, learn from different people, ask questions, and get the book Take It From the Iron Woman Global Business Coaching with Sports Parallels. Thank you for your support and see you next time.